Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Hen House Eggs that not only taste good, but do good for the hen, for the farmer, for the environment, and most importantly, for you. Today, we are joined by a new member of the hen house, a newer member of the hen house, Mr. Nathan Williams, also Nate the Great, nickname, you know, depending upon uh, what the context is. Uh, but Nate is our new controller here in the hen house. And Nate, thank you for joining us today. Hey, happy to be here. How's the day going? So far, so good. It was a it was a slow drive down here today. Yeah, you got a commute, don't you? A little bit. Still in still in Cedar Falls. Okay. But, uh, I don't think I hit my desired cruise speed until I hit Cedar Rapids today. So is that because it was just just traffic or what? Yeah, slow going for some reason. Okay. So Cedar Falls, for those of you who don't know, is about what an hour and a half yep. north of the an hen hour house. Hour and a half. Yep. Yeah, and so why are you making that commute? Because <laughs> housing prices in Iowa City are silly. Interest yep. rates are skyrocketing. Um, my, and, my kids and wife are happy where we are. Yeah. So right now we're just going to stay put, wait it out, see what happens. And so obviously you were living there before you started working at the hen house. You were working in Cedar Falls too then? I was. I worked for a beer distributor. Okay. And before that, I was employed by NASCAR at Iowa Speedway. A ra- as a racer? <laughs> I wish. No, the only racing I did was taking the pace car around the track, but I was the finance director there. I did, I did obviously everything at the Speedway, but also played with NASCAR corporate accounting a little bit, so I made multiple trips to Daytona. Yeah. And... So you get, did you get to drive any sweet cars? I did not. I rode in a lot of sweet cars, Okay. But did not get to drive a lot of pr- sweet cars. Yeah, probably a little bit more liability if you're driving than bit. being yeah. a passenger. Yeah, yep. So it, I, I took the perks as they came. Yeah. And so you're I are you Iowa native then? I am. I was born and raised in Carroll, Iowa, on oh. the other side of the state from where we sit today. Okay. In a, in a farming community. Both my grandparents were farmers. I, you know, grew up on the farm. We lived on an acreage. I, I showed sheep for 4-H. So nice. since I was in fourth grade, we had, we had ewes and lambed every year. And you, uh, you know, what's your best, uh, you joke? Oh, I feel like I get sh- from a lot of, uh, farmers, <laughs> you know, who, especially who have sheep, Sure. You, jokes. Uh, and, uh, you know, I probably can't think of a joke off the top of my head, but I, I, guess, I guess it's more of a pun, right? Sure. The like my biggest takeaway is um, I don't know if I've ever come across a less intelligent animal than a sheep. Yeah. Um, I You know, the first thing when we got the ewes the first time they were we purchased them all pregnant and we were getting the barn set up for lambing, mm-hmm. and they lamb in January. So it's what, cold. what is it? Lambing is giving birth yes, to lambs. Yes, correct. Okay. And so I just remember Dad stuck a sheet of plywood up on the entrance to the barn so it was just high enough for the ewes to get through, cut off as much wind as possible, keep the barn as warm as we could. Yeah. The tallest ewe goes through, gets stuck, and does not have the wherewithal to squat down 
to the get half up. an inch it would have taken for her to get under. So we had to take the sheet of plywood down, raise it an inch so they could all wow. get through. So, because I've heard that uh, before about the lack of intelligence that sheep have. <laughs> yeah, well, I haven't heard any stories or anecdotes to prove I, it. I mean, I could go on for days. Yeah. I, I've done it since, like I said, since I was in fourth grade. So We could we could right now do the longest sheep podcast of all time. Just absolutely. two days of and sheep it, anecdotes. You know, so <laughs> it, it was funny. So, you know, I'm, I'm in fourth grade and we're going to start lambing and, and my father had grown up on on the farm and you know he had he had done work with with lambs before but never you know he was a kid too when they were doing it so he he got this dvd of how the whole lambing process worked. And, and for the young listener, or young viewers or listeners, I should say, a DVD is a digital video <laughs> disc that you actually physically had, and you had to enter it into a, what's yes. called a DVD player. Yes. But. So, so he's like, you know, you should watch this. You know, you got to help me. And so I stick this thing in, and I'm I'm laying down watching this, and I probably made it for the through the first five minutes before I was passed out of sleep so. yeah so it's a good uh a good supplement if you're trying yes. to yes. get some good sleep but i i did mom and dad were out one day and and i had to go check on the ewes and i saw one of the scenarios where the lamb's feet were on its way out but as as anything is born head first so i had to glove up and Dude. and adjust so that lamb's head so do came the, out do first the, do and breach birth or, I, or avoid the breach birth. Avoid, yes. yep. And and lamb and mother all all were healthy and happy after. So nice. I didn't I didn't know that about you, man. That you had this history with sheep and yeah. Um, yep. And you showed them. So I when did. you when you're showing a sheep, obviously you're not showing off their intelligence. Nope. Muscle. Muscle is what you're looking yep. for. Okay. So you know you get them. Get them standing the way they show themselves off the best. Yeah. So, so, so would you call yourself a shepherd? At 100%. 100%. Yes. All right. Well, that's you're the first shepherd I've ever met. Then, awesome. So uh, it's an honor. Um, so grew up, you know, in agriculture, western Iowa. Any experience with chickens? Um, my experience with chickens is when I was a kid, I had a family get together every year where we butchered chickens. Okay. So I had an aunt and uncle who raised about, you know, 250, 300 a year. And we would all convene at my grandparents' house for a long weekend. And we would would butcher some chickens so that we, we had chickens for the family for the year. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you really did have, I feel like, a full farm childhood experience man that's cool i did not have that so i i am a little jealous of that i wish i did because when i lived in like new york city my nickname was iowa (laughs) and i would i was a poser that would wear like a john deere hat yeah i mean i had we had john deere tractors for mowing the lawn uh, and cowboy boots and so everyone thought i was like a hardcore you know real iowa farmer literally they know here you are the real deal, man. So something like that. So Nate, you started uh, in NASCAR, right? Well, I started. You... I started in public accounting, actually. Okay. So 
I, I worked in the public accounting spectrum for about five years, mainly uh, I was an, I was an auditor working in the manufacturing subset. Yeah. And after after that, worked for a construction company. Yeah. And then it was on to NASCAR. So if, so from from that to NASCAR to beer to the hen house. Yep. Okay. So in your timeline of you know your work history, your resume, did you ever uh, anticipate working for an egg company? Uh, no. And you know, in my time here, I, I I guess I always knew that Iowa was a huge producer of eggs. Yeah, number one. Number one. And I lived in Iowa City from my college days until uh, two years ago and never knew Farmer's Hen House was just down the road from me. Yeah. So when when I made the discovery, I was I was pretty shocked. You're pretty ecstatic. I was pretty ecstatic. Yeah. I am I am ecstatic now being here. Absolutely. Well, you got to be. Yes. It's, you got to you got to be something with an egg pun. Absolutely. Egg know. puns all the time. Amazing, excellent, yeah. all those. Yeah. yeah. We were we were at Easter this weekend and and I was you know, just general conversation, and my sister throws out an egg pun, and I was like, "Here we go." She's she'd been waiting for it. Yeah, she. Like, was, I can't yep, wait till Nathan yep, works for yep. an egg company, and yeah, I yeah, she's been planning it all all thirty four years of her life, just just waiting for it to come out. It is something that I think is probably a phenomenon that most employees of an egg company experience are your friends and family just love to make egg yeah, puns. Then absolutely, they're easy. The over easy. The over easy. Ooh. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, and you came, what, was it in, um, was it December or January? January. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And so, in your role here at the Hannah House, what is it that you're trying to do? So, obviously, being the controller, I am all things finance. So, I think first thing for me is making sure from a financial aspect that we're doing everything as efficiently as possible. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, but this podcast excluded, right? This podcast excluded, yeah. yeah. However much we're paying you to produce this thing, <laughs> you know, let's let's go. Um, all of our tens and tens of listeners, I am sure. Um, but as, as efficiently as we can do things from a financial perspective, um, both from a production standpoint here from passing information that we see about eggs coming in on to the farmers keeps costs down from every aspect of what we're doing allowing us to keep our prices in the stores as competitive as possible yeah that's a lot of plates to spin right yeah absolutely and and what are the what are the biggest plates right now for you that you're spinning just in trying to yeah consider the implications of you know this and then therefore what it is at the shelf sure well and i mean obviously we see grain prices we see ai that's those are the two main drivers of everything we have going on right yeah. now so it's it's constant monitoring of that um obviously i'm i'm making sure Farmer's Hen House is profitable. That's sure. that's my number one goal. But 
for us to be profitable, the consumer has to buy what we're selling first. Yeah. So as much as we can do, like I said, to, to keep that price down on the shelf as much as we can and keep moving forward. Right, right. That's, and it seems like in comparison to the competition, I mean, obviously everyone's impacted by grain prices, right? Everyone's sure. impacted by AI. Um, however, it seems in light of that, we're still yeah, uh, and sitting at a pretty good competitive price on the shelf. And from you know, from what I have seen in my four-ish months of being here, our team out on the production floor, my accounting staff in here, everybody that's here, everybody that's involved in this company is is just top notch in what we're doing. So when I see the efficiency statistics coming off are greater when I hear our outside customers talking to us about how how well we're perceived you know it it just puts the rubber stamp on my decision in coming here and yeah and all of that so it's yeah. it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal the team that we have here it's and everybody everybody is moving towards the common goal so yeah it's pretty incredible incredible yeah. that's that's kind of a weak one oh man that's pretty harsh dude <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back to my uh thesaurus yeah of egg puns yeah and see what i can come up with for next podcast but yeah you're right incredible gets pretty trite pretty quick um so what do you what do you think it is though i mean and Obviously, every company is going to make a, a case for why they're better than another company or why uh, everyone here is top-notch or why everyone there is top-notch. Is there anything that stands out to you in particular about what sets Farmers and House apart? I, I just think it's our, our roots from where we came from. You yeah. know, we start with the Amish farmers and, and obviously where they are they're a close-knit community that culture kind of translates over to what we are here we're we're truly a big family all working together yeah and everybody's got each other's back we all we're all in constant communication something arises everybody's working together to to solve the issue yeah and that that goes a long way in in keeping things efficient, keeping the employees happy, and keeping everybody moving in the same direction. Yeah, maybe instead of going out and all together like butchering a bunch of chickens, we could all go out and gather eggs by we hand could, together. We could, yeah. Some yeah. team building Yeah, you know, hey, there you go, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think you're right though. I think uh, a big part of our identity of what sets us apart is how much we are part of this community, right? Like, and that's people that work here, people who we partner with or we uh, work with, you know, for our feed mills, for our, ch our trucking, our shipping. Um, you know, this is this is a community effort. I mean, Mark and Ryan, you know, live down the road from here, right? right? They were part of that greater uh, farm yeah. community here. Well, and it's, it's fantastic when I look through everything, seeing all of the local companies who we do business with on a daily basis whether it's you know companies that we buy stuff from to keep us running here or or the local restaurants that you eat at 
yeah. on, on a, you know, every so often basis buying our eggs. Yeah. So, we're, yeah. like you said, we're truly ingrained in the community here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's hi- it's highly, highly from an operational standpoint, it's highly localized. Yeah. Which is unique because we have national distribution. Yeah. Right? Um, but it's, but it's too, like, it's not like we're just saying, hey, let's start an egg company anywhere to, you know, make a bunch of money and hopefully, uh, you know, have a successful business. No, this, this was, came as a response to what was already occurring here. Absolutely. Right. Which I think, you know, might seem like a subtle difference in part, but I think it, it does change the culture of a place and in changing the culture of a place, it also change, changes, uh, the operations and, and ultimately the end product, you know, which is a good egg. Right. For sure. Um, so obviously, you know, we're going to, we see those things from being inside, but you being new, you not necessarily coming, I mean, obviously growing up in ag, but not necessarily working in ag for a few years and now being in uh, the food industry in this in this sense. Um, it's always affirming then that you've picked that up without my coaching and you, know, you yeah. even before this, right? Um, so I think, uh, I think what you do, it, it, you know, it's numbers obviously, which for some might not sound overly exciting. I am but, a nerd. Oh man, I yeah. love numbers. Yeah. Yeah, that, but that's awesome because numbers are very important, right? <laughs> For sure. Um, and uh, but I think that you know what what you're doing in the sense of you know keeping these plates spinning, trying to keep the balance right between when grain prices go up. Okay, how are we gonna now work with that for our farmers, for our customers? Uh, for the whole manufacturing process, what is that the production stage? What does that look like? That's a lot of that's a lot of loose ends that you have to keep tied together, um, which is a big job, man. Yeah, but like I said, being the numbers nerd I am, I can I can open my Excel spreadsheet and and throw in some formulas and and make everything look look at hunky dory on the back end yeah and when and when people are excited about the price they have to pay for our eggs because they're lower than our competitors yeah well and and when you see the price of the standard conventional egg on the shelf what is it it's like three dollars now it's insane equaling the price of what what we sell a free range egg for yeah you know it's it's an easy change to to go to a uh, uh, hen that's happier yeah and and farmers that are happier and yeah just, and, uh, you know it's like my my wife works in uh, food distribution yeah and they sell a lot of dry egg okay and one of her one of her bosses said to her one day you know if you would see the living conditions of a caged egg, oh, yeah. you probably wouldn't buy a conventional egg again. Right. And, you know, when I when I see the, you know, our pasture raised eggs when, when we got hundred and eight square feet per hen. Yeah. Those hens are living the dream, man. Oh yeah. I mean they got they got more Way, way more space in their yard than I, than yeah. I have in it's any like, yard I've ever had. It's like my bedroom growing up, Yeah, you know? Yeah, it's a pretty good life. Um, so uh, when you guys, you listening, uh, appreciate that price on the shelf, uh, in one sense, you have Nathan to thank for that. So if you feel so in inclined. A, in very few cents. Oh, my goodness. I like that. We need, we need, we need some money puns here, <laughs> talking to a controller. 
In very few cents, that's right. But uh, but you can share your appreciation for Nathan and what he's doing to keep those eggs uh, on the shelf at a competitive cost. So Nathan, uh, in closing, because you do have an important job, uh, and you get, I'm sure there's more num- numbers to crunch today. But uh, in in closing, you also uh, have a, uh, a a particular place that you've shared with me that is like your happy place. And I'm, I'm actually taking my kids there next week, but I don't know if you wanted to share about a little bit, just as people get to know you, right? Because part, re- part of the purpose of this podcast is to get to get know Nathan, his important role here at the Hen House, but also, too, he's a, he's a person. He's got a family. got how many kids? Two kiddos, Oliver and Maddox. Two kiddos? Ten, ten and six. And Okay. And then your wife, Jillian. My wife, Jillian. Yeah. And no, no pets? We have a dog, Gibson. Okay. Gibson, there's a shout-out for you. Um, but also, too, you you like this place, and you can go ahead and tell us what this place is more than just about anybody I know. Uh, Disney World Disney is the place World. he is referring to. The it happiest is. place on earth. Yeah, and and so the other day, because uh, I have four boys, and we're going down to visit our in-laws and doing a Disney trip, uh, and we haven't been that much. Uh, but when I share that with you, you like just got so excited and you were and yeah, I feel like you have a wealth of information that I probably still need to glean from I, you. I have been to Disney a time or two. But w- w- what is it about Disney? Just in, in, in closing, what is it about Disney that uh, you love? The biggest cliche there is. It's just magical. Yeah. Um, you know, I, uh, my wife and I would go there by ourselves now and have the biggest blast. You know, we can go to we can walk down Main Street USA and and hit all the shops at Magic Kingdom. Yeah. We could go to the food and wine festival at Epcot. It has a just lot to have o- a ball, a lot to offer yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. So if uh, if you had like a top three things to do at Disney, what would they be? And I'm really asking this more for myself, but maybe it'll be a benefit to any listeners here who are planning to go to Disney. Sure. So. Let's see. I'm I'm trying to pick off my. F- uh, we're gonna we're gonna go a little off book. My favorite restaurant. Okay. At Disney. Yeah. There at at Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yeah. There is a buffet that is a can't miss attraction in my book. If you're going to Disney for any meal or for a particular meal. I mean, I I stick to probably dinner simply because the array of food options from around the world is immense yeah and there there is truly something there for everyone from the from the pickiest eater who might just be a burger and fries person yeah, to I know, I know a few of those. somebody who wants to try some way out there african cuisine yeah it's just phenomenal so okay top restaurant Animal. It's Kingdom. at the Animal. I can't remember the well, name of the restaurant. Wilderness off the top or something. Of my head. Oh, but what's the lodge? Is it called Animal Kingdom Lodge? Animal Kingdom Lodge. Okay. Yes. So there you go. Um, what else? Let's see. I'm trying. <laughs> the last time we went with the boys, the the Toy Story Land. Okay. Just opened up for the first time, and they have a ride based on Slinky Dog. Okay, my kids actually did a little Slinky research. Dog Dash. That. My goodness. Good ride. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. 
every second of that ride is is great. Is it a big roller coaster? Or what what's the I, setup? It's 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 a decent sized roller coaster, but just uh, obviously being a newer ride, they have some some pretty cool animatronic features with the characters involved. Yeah. You know, you get started and you, you go along the ride and there's a pause where you come to a stop. P A W S. Yes. You come you you come to a stop and then it blasts you off again. Okay. And so just the the rush rush of air in your face when you shoot off. I don't know if uh the rock and roller coaster where yeah. you get blasted off from the start. Yeah. Very similar to okay. that. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh, not it's not virtual though, right? Nope. Yeah, nope. Okay. You are it is a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't handle simulators very well. Yeah. Motion not, sickness. Not my jam. What about Star Wars? Anything good in there? Uh so I uh, we we walked back to Star Wars because it's it you have to pass through Toy Story Land to get to the Star Wars world. Yeah. And my my kids uh, were approached by a stormtrooper and kind of got a little nervous. They were they were nervous to get their picture taken with Chewbacca. Yeah. But all the characters all roaming around the whole time. Yeah. The, the, the ride, rides are good. Yeah. The detail of everything. It's again being new. Yeah. It has all the detail of everything if you're a Star Wars fan. And I heard that was it the hotel kind of has yep. like a space vibe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So here's a question: How long are you willing to wait in line for rides? Or is there is there a one ride that you're like, man, I I easily put in two hours to wait for this one? Sure. Or, is there, or do you have a cap? Like I won't wait more than an hour and a half for any ride. We tend to plan our trips to Disney at the least busy times. Which is when? The week we normally go is the week right after Labor Day. Okay. So school has just Just started. started. Most people don't want to take their kids. You're giving this tip, though, to everyone listening. I know. It's fine. I'm going to blow it up. Two million subscribers. Two million subscribers. I just just gave gave away my biggest secret. Um, The last time I went... The longest line I waited in was 25 minutes, and that was to get our picture taken with Mickey and Minnie. When was this? Last uh, year? Two years two ago? Two years ago. Okay, wow. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it the summer before everything shut down. Okay, yeah. That's that's when we were there. Okay. So, uh, I am I am too going this year. Yeah, again. Labor Day. We are, no, oh. we, are, we are going... The week after Thanksgiving oh, this time. Oh, okay. Nice. Also, a slower week yep. in the in the Disney World. Leading up to Christmas. Yep. And the reason we're going is to see the Christmas decorations. Nice. So that's been on my wife's bucket list. Yeah. So, so another, another return trip. Yeah. All the Christmas decorations. Where are you going to stay? What hotel? You we know? are staying at the Boardwalk this okay. time. Nice. Uh, if you have kiddos. Yeah the Animal Kingdom Lodge overlooking the safari land is yeah, spectacular. Pretty good view. Waking up in the morning and seeing a giraffe right outside your window. Yeah, not bad. Not terrible. Yeah, it doesn't happen too often in Iowa. No, probably it? not. Um, so we got Slinky Dog. We got Top Restaurant was the Animal Kingdom Lodge restaurant uh, for the buffet. Any other, like, musts that you have? And we got, like, three minutes remaining. Sure. Um 
really it just comes down to what you're wanting to get out of your experience. You know, when we go, we go to Magic Kingdom for two days. Yeah. One day is dedicated to rides. I mean, you got your your Buzz Lightyear ride Mountain. right when you walk in, and Space Mountain and Carousel of Progress. It's yes, you it's, guys hitting that one up. It's pretty terrible that I can go around the park in my head and like tell you the order of rides that we go. <laughs> um, but I like to go and just look through all the shops there too. Yeah, and kind of kind of take it all in. Now, and, are you wearing Mickey ears at Disney? Um, my kids have Mickey ears. Okay. We all certainly wear shirts. Okay. Not necessarily matching shirts, but we we get Disney some Disney theme. shirts for any tattoos. Disney tattoos. I do not have Disney tattoos. Okay. If you were to get a tattoo, would it be a Disney tattoo? Ooh. If I was going to get a Disney tattoo, what would it be? Oh, there's a good question. I'm probably Mister Incredible. Yeah. Let's on just. Whole, just, whole back tattoo, yeah. Mr. Incredible. Maybe, maybe just the the symbol of Mr. Incredible. Okay. Yeah. You identify my with him. my uh, when we, when you get your your magic bands. Yeah. You like align yourself with the character. No. My, my wife aligned me with Mr. Incredible. Oh, nice. So that's that's a good compliment, I, man. I think so. I've never seen The Incredibles. Ooh. But I missing out. It's pretty incredible. It is pretty incredible. Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces. I've caught. I've never watched it in its entirety. Yeah. The last, but I did watch the last Disney movie was Encanto. I love which Encanto. Was a big hit. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. I have seen that movie more times than I'd probably like to admit. You think? Can we expect an Encanto ride or? You know, there had there there park, will be something some, in some sort in the future. I think so. I, I can't imagine that they would. I mean, the house seems go. like it'd be a great house to for sure. Have a replica. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, this is good, man. This is helpful for me because I'm gonna be there here soon. But also, hopefully, this is helpful for those who might also uh, be planning on going to Disney, or absolutely. maybe are gonna go to Disney now that you've given some yeah some uh, insights and tips here. So, hey, thank you for taking 30 minutes of your day to sit down and uh, allow us to get to know you and hear more about what you do in the Hen House. And thank you all for listening to this episode of the Scramble Podcast brought to you by Farmer's Hen House. Eggs that not only taste good, but do good. We'll see you next time. Bye.